Welcome to the latest edition of Peace at the Water Cooler. I'm thrilled today to welcome my guest, Dr. Jacinta Bushba. Jacinta is Head of Respect at Work in Leadership Development at Insafe Homes, Educators in Safety. She's also a former victim of workplace bullying. Welcome, Jacinta. Lovely to have you on my show. Thank you, Saran. Pleasure to be here. Okay, so you have a really, very interesting and diverse background. You've worked in law enforcement. You've also worked at the mining company BHP. Recently, you were in the news when it was reported that you were bullied at BHP. You've also experienced bullying um, while you were in the police force. What was that like for you? What was that experience like? Well, at, at the time, um, it was obviously very traumatic um, because um, I guess across both of those very different industries, there was a commonality. And the commonality um, was that um, I was the, the target um, from, from senior managers um, within those industries. So I've been a target of, of those behaviours, um, mm-hmm. but I've also, I've also been a bystander as well. I have witnessed some of these behaviours and I've been support um, for, for some male colleagues um, with whom I work within both of those industries. And I've got to say that, um, that, that back in those times and even recently, um, you know, the, the, the obligation to report uh, is there on all of us as per codes of conduct. Um, but when you have the courage to, to speak up and call the behaviour out, um, it can be quite, um, I guess, it's a disincentive in some cases because you're putting trust and faith in, in a system and a process to to um, address those concerns and it's disappointing um, that the, the, the systems and the structures really just aren't there to support people who, who do come forward and, and report these kinds of behaviours. So I guess it's disempowering, I guess, is what I'm trying to look for, a, a disempowering process. And, and I, I just felt that those instances that I went through personally, uh, I, I felt I was re-victimised. Re- um, and uh, it wasn't certainly a, a, a process in which I would endorse um, back then anyway. So, But I, I do believe that there are some good developments in that area uh, in taking a, person, a person-centric approach, which is what uh, I needed um, yeah. in those industries. And, and I think it, it, it's certainly um, rising to the occasion um, as we speak. And what do you actually mean to centre by a person-centred approach? What is that? Yeah, so a person-centred approach, so it's not so much um, about the process just taking your complaint and, and, and running with it um, because I think um, as, as a target of behaviours and as a, mm-hmm. a witness or a bystander, you want to see that the person that's impacted, and there can be quite a few bystanders, witnesses, as I said, and targets, you, you really do want to have some kind of control uh, over what happens. Where in, in my experiences and others, um, once they report these incidences, it's actually out of their control. That's why it becomes so disempowering. It might just mean that the person just wants to have a mediation or have some kind of um, resolution to repair relationships, um, to call the behaviour out and move forward. Um, but often the, the process or the system is a failure for those people because they do lose uh, autonomy uh, and it's disempowering, as I say, um, because it might end up in, in some kind of investigation that really you weren't anticipating. You just wanted the behaviour to stop and for that person to, to realise and be held accountable so you can continue on in, 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 your, in your work. And you, you spoke about, just to go back, um, being a bystander, was that actually... In the code of conduct, is, do you have an obligation um, or did you have an obligation as a bystander to step up and to speak out or was that just something that you provided, you know, on an informal basis? 
Well, I guess it depends on the kind of behaviour. So um, mm. in all workplace codes of conduct, there, there ought to be or should be, yeah. um, you know, the, the obligation on, on supervisors and managers, senior managers, to, to report um, behaviours that contravene that, that, mm -hmm. that standard. So it, obviously there's varying degrees of bullying and, and sexual harassment and that kind of thing, but there certainly are um, situations in Category A, I'll call them, um, situations in which, we are obliged, whether you're a manager or not, to report uh, these behaviours so that um, that they can be called out and and people can move on. If they're not if they're not called out, well, obviously that, that's just letting the, the the situation worsen and, and the perpetrator gets away with it. So I I, I guess in terms of a person-centred approach, yes, mm. um, we we need to um, respect the wishes of of the the target. Uh, but also, it also needs to conform um, with, um, you know, sanctions as well, because uh, we can't afford uh, in, in today's workplace to have these behaviours continue to, to flourish. And, and as we've seen in the media uh, very recently, in the last couple of weeks, months even, that uh, a, a lot of industries are being called out for, for their behaviours towards each other. And, and I think we're at a real turning point, um, particularly around yeah. sexual harassment and bullying, where they're classed yeah. now as, as health issues. And so there, there is a positive obligation for employers to, to eliminate or reasonable steps to eliminate that. So, yes, it, it's being basically taken out of the HR bucket, so to speak, and it's now a health and safety issue because these behaviours are very harmful psychologically and, and physically to people. Thinking about it, the industries, I mean, it is rife everywhere and people are being called out. I mean, people are living in more socially conscious times, but, I mean, the two industries that you were in, uh, law enforcement and mining, are very male-dominated industries. I mean, do you think a risk factor there, do you think that contributes to anything, you know, or is that just uh, a coincidence? I think you're right. Um, it, because the, if you look at the um, Respect at Work report, Set the Standard report, the WA FIFO um, report into to, um, sexual harassment and, and FIFO, uh, it, they all draw on the drivers and risk factors of, of, of sexual harassment and, by extension, bullying. And, mm -hmm. and, and the, the, the drivers of that or the root causes, um, just very broadly, around, um, you know, the, the, the gender imbalance um, in those industries. Um, it's the, yeah. uh, lack, the lack of accountability. Mm -hmm. um, it's, it's the power imbalance, obviously. Um, and there's a whole heap of risk factors, um, you know, um, and that's the, that's specific to, to each, each site, each station, each each particular industry. So um, the, certainly the drivers are around the, um, the, the the gender imbalance and, of course, the power dynamic that goes with that as well. I mean, that must be quite intimidating for you to actually speak up or to lodge complaints. I, you know, when I read, read about what you experienced, it said that, you had to put in multiple complaints and it just was ongoing. I mean, is that part of, of the difficulty, do you think? Um, if they didn't take your complaints seriously, what was it? To this day, I'm actually unsure about that because as, as a, a trained investigator in criminal and mm -hmm. place, um, the, the, there was a, just a complete lack of, of due diligence of uh, procedural fairness, uh, and that, that's in both industries. If you're going I mean, to that's have, concerning. Yeah, mm. it, it absolutely is because investigations yeah. you have to you have to interview a witness, you have to interview your 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 key eyewitness, the complainant, and yeah. to not have that happen or happening in a way that is person centred, um, mm. particularly, it, it really just um, it, it's disappointing because you are entrusting the process to to address your concern. Um, that that when there's complete oversight of that. 
uh, it really does need um, some kind of investigation, into the investigation um, processes. Yeah. I mean, that's mind-boggling, actually. So, I mean, you, you said, you, you know, you felt disappointed with the way that it was handled. So, I mean, did they, did they support you in any way, either of those organisations, when, when you came to them with your concerns or complaints? Um, in both organisations, I would have to say not, not really, because in, in the second instance, I wanted a, a mediation to call out the behaviour, to, to restore relationships and, and to move on with my job. Um, and and that, that's an example of where uh, it was uh, investigated, I say that loosely, um, and, and it was out of my control. Um, so that, that was not uh, person-centred, uh, and that's a, a, probably a good case study. Um, that when when a person makes a complaint and has the courage to do that uh, around a senior senior um, person within the organisation, um, mm. uh, you you have to respect that that person's wishes in terms of how they wish to be supported and and what what sort of process they would like that to take. Um, but as I said, it's quite disempowering um, to do that. Uh, and that that was on the back of my um, the other incident uh, quite some mm. years ago where where I did come forward, I made a complaint and. Uh, and I was victimised the, the whole way through to, to the point where, um, you know, I actually feared for, for my safety and that of my children. So, um, and, in, wow. and, and from that, I, you know, I had to, I had to go on a, a witness protection program. Um, so that, that, that's the absolute extent of, oh of, um, of, of that situation, which, uh, which is disappointing. Um, yeah. Hence why when people say, you know, is sexual harassment, is bullying, such a big issue and do we need to not be such snowflakes or mm. we need we need to get a personality or a sense of humor um yeah, I, 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 or, yeah. yeah or have have yeah. thick and skin that you're exactly right yeah. um, it, it's not about that it's sustained repeated um behaviors and of course yeah. the, the original behavior sometimes pales in existence to how you're treated by others in the organization after you come forward to make the complaint so it actually re-traumatises the target or, or bystanders who do support the person. I mean, so it really, really uh, is a deterrent to actually report anything that you see because, I mean, you know, that must have been the way you felt in, in those industries because you really weren't getting any kind of, what's the word, vindication or any kind of fair process that would actually take into account your concerns. Well, at the time I didn't feel that, that, that I was being heard. And there, there certainly wasn't a person-centred or human-centric approach, mm-hmm. which you know, which is unfortunate. Um, but I, I do believe that there is a momentum for that now, um, which which I guess didn't help me back in those times. Yeah. But, but but I guess I've, I've I've reframed all of that experience and all that negativity and I guess trust in the system to to do what what I do now. And then that's all about um, you know calling out. Oh, behavior. that probably brought you to the point that you are now. That, you know. uh, absolutely. So it, it's all about um, taking those experiences and when life gives you lemons, you make lemonade, right? So uh, I've taken those experiences <laughs> yeah. and uh, mm-hmm. I, I've, I've framed myself in this area of respect at work, um, which, which, I, which I'm empowered. I, I don't feel disempowered anymore. I, I feel empowered yeah. because I want to educate people out there in, in workplaces and managers. To, so we're going to talk more about what, what you're currently doing, but what would you say to people who are being bullied at work. I mean, I go in, you know, when I conduct workplace investigations and often my, you know, from a risk management perspective, I'll give my recommendations that they should get rid of someone or, you know, give them coaching or training or something. And very often that advice is not, you know, it's not 
acted upon, which can be very frustrating. Like, what is what advice would you give to leader, uh, to to leaders to actually step up and make the changes? And secondly, what would you say to someone who's been bullied right now and scared to come forward? Okay, so I'll take the latter first in terms of yeah. the person being bullied, the, the target. First and foremost, your personal safety, uh, psychological safety, physical safety must come first. There is there's no job um, that ha- has uh, any purpose in, yeah. in, in diminishing that in any way. Um, so I guess yeah. my advice for, for targets and bystanders would be don't, don't accept that, don't tolerate it. And what can they do? Well, you know... <laughs> As all these studies and reports have shown in the last 12 months, 18 months, often there is a power imbalance. Often it, it can be, um, you know, senior members um, mm. around accountability as drivers, those things we spoke about earlier. Um, so yeah. if, if that in, in your situation uh, or peculiar to your situation is a person, uh, there is a power imbalance, well, obviously you would need to go higher than that person to make that complaint. Um, and, of course, there's a process to follow. But uh, in terms of leaders, in terms of the um, HR investigators or whoever's um, charged with investigating, that they really do need to have that person-centred approach that they need to listen. Um, they need to obviously believe them and take their statements and they obviously have to have procedural fairness. Um, so that, and that's all playing into restorative engagement principles around being heard, being validated, um, restoring relationships and really getting that person back into work, um, not letting it get to a point where it just escalates beyond anyone's control. And, of course, the, the target or the victim is of, often left more traumatised than with what they were when they made the original yeah. complaint. So that's what we want to avoid. And particularly now that the, these are health and safety, these are psychosocial hazards, um, leaders' organisations need to take it very seriously, obviously. They need to not wait for complaints, right, with positive obligations. Yeah. That they, they need to be out there trying to eliminate it the best they can. That makes a lot of sense, to be honest. Um, Jacinda, what are you actually doing now? What, what work are you doing? Yeah, so I guess with those experiences, um, it, it's shaped me into the person I am today. But whilst I did suffer a psychological injury from sexual harassment from that, that previous um, Queensland Police Service, that's some time ago now, but um, it has fashioned me into a very strong advocate for these, these kinds of behaviours. And when I say that, I'm talking about education. I'm talking about being able to identify these behaviours uh, and taking action in the appropriate way and creating a psychologically safe workplace. So, so hence, I'm working with, with an organisation where, where we do these kinds of, um, the kinds of training where, mm-hmm. where with, with the recent um, legislative changes under the Sex Discrimination Act and Work Health and Safety in each state. Um, you know, th- these behaviours are health and safety issues So, uh, and whereby managers, leaders, they have to eliminate um, or, or reasonable steps to eliminate. So, so I guess we talk about, well, let's identify the behaviours first and the behaviours have expanded somewhat around sexual mm-hmm. harassment, uh, sex-based or gender harassment and bullying. So it's all about being informed of what those behaviours are because you, if you can't identify those behaviours, how can you challenge it? So it's very fundamental that we get... Um, people to understand what these are behaviours. If they don't quite feel right, it probably often isn't. So how do we identify them um, and how, how do we address them in the workplace? And that's not just through bystanders um, coming to their aid, but also providing psychological safety for, for targets and, and bystanders to come forward to get the, um, yeah. the issues sorted in, in a person-centred way. I keep saying that I know, but it needs to happen yeah. because the whole idea is to protect the persons and, and their witnesses from any retaliation as well. So we go into that and then that comes into the, the bystander and the psychological safety piece. 
Sounds really incredible. So is that face-to-face -face and online that you're offering? Uh, yes. So all the, uh, the identifying behaviours um, mm -hmm. is online. It also can be face-to-face. -face. Uh, the bystander uh, is a three to four hour, which is a face-to-face -face because we're teaching skills. And same mm -hmm. with psychological safety, we're teaching skills as well. How, how, do, you lead, how do we empower leaders to, to get their people to speak up around these issues that are really quite um quite sensitive uh, because there is a fear. There's a fear of retaliation and we've seen that in the reports that are being released about people coming forward, not just as targets but also as witnesses. So, so those two are face-to-face. -face. We've also been working with an AI company too around a psychosocial hazard uh, monitoring uh, app, um, which is all about um, you know, having a regular monthly or weekly meeting with, with your, your direct reports around how they're feeling and then that gets downloaded obviously to the central database and there's a dashboard that shows how the company is improving over time uh, because it's all metrics, it's all data-driven now. So I think now that these are work health and safety issues, we, we need to be able to get out there um, before we get the complaints. So that, 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 way, that way we need to obviously monitor how we're progressing with, with our people and this is, this is a way that we think we can have a response mechanism. So our, our education is obviously preventative, um, but the response can, can be this, this type of tool, yeah. So is that an operation yet? Not quite yet. We, we're just in oh. the testing phase. Um, okay. We're quite excited about. Um, yeah. But, yeah, so that, that, that's all encompassing. It's, it's the prevention and response phases, which is what we're offering. And, of course, we are also trained workplace investigators and we're, a lot of us are former detectives as well. So we have that criminal uh, investigation. Oh, that's, that's, well. that's amazing. One last question. Uh, I know you have to rush off. Just in terms of, so, I mean, I'm also a workplace investigator. When would you say when would you say it's time for the organization to call in someone external as opposed to you know utilizing the HR manager or something? Because often it can it can be seen it can be seen to be bias or you know non-independence when the HR person I know who is often trying their best is just their hands are tied. So what would you say to that? I agree, Sylvain, with what you what you just said. Uh, in terms of if, um, so as I said, the, the reports that have been released over time around particularly around sexual harassment and bullying, it, it's often been a case where it's been a senior manager. There has been that yeah. power imbalance. So, so I think to remove any bias and to promote the independence of an investigation, that it actually needs to be a person outside the organisation to, yeah. to give an independent account and obviously um, unbiased recommendations as to, as to what, what should occur. So I, I, I agree with you on that. Um, I, I think to do otherwise would, would really cast a, a bit of a shadow, I think, uh, over the independence, I guess. Oh, yeah. 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 And just what's the best way for anyone wanting to contact you to discuss any of the services you offer or, you know, the, the educational programs? Yes, of course. So um, mm -hmm. I work for I work at In Safe Hands, Educators in Safety. We have a 1300 794 644 number. We also do child protection as the other arm, but I head up the Respect at Work arm. Um, but we also have a website, and that's respectatworkbydesign.com. And we have a list of our online courses there and courses to do face to face. Okay, just want to look, it was absolutely wonderful talking to you. Um, you know, I, I really am sorry that you went through what you went through, but at the end of the day, I mean, as you both discussed, but for that experience, you probably wouldn't be helping so many people right now. So, you know, Absolutely. you've always you've got to look at it in a positive light, I guess. Absolutely. Um, yep. Although no one wants to go through that. And yes, just thank you so much for your time and um, have a good weekend. Thank you.
You too. Thanks so much. Yes. Okay. Bye. Bye.